Yeah, I'd like to uh, just yeah, really just say to you all, welcome to a chance, I think, to be in God's presence together again. You know, I just felt like we must never, when we do this together, we must never, ever miss, no matter what we've prepared to do anything, it really doesn't matter. His presence is central. It's everything for us. And that's just, it's so, yeah, we can't get enough. Yeah. So let's, um, let's pray together. And then I'm going to give you guys a message. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence right now. We're so grateful for the healing and the kindness of your presence in the room. As Luke started, started us off there with your fragrance earlier. I'm just say we want the real thing, God. We want the fullness of your fragrance. Anything you could be giving us right now. We just open ourselves up to you, Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, I, I, I'm... I don't have anything new to say to you guys. Nothing. I haven't been through a hardship this week. Um, I've got nothing. Nothing. There's nothing. I've got nothing to preach. Everything that I might say or might add will be from God's Spirit within you, just to light, enlightening you to things that you already know. Pray for trials Thank you, Gareth. He's going to pray for some more trials for me so I can come into more revelation. Wonderful. Poor is the man who's not going through a trial. Eh? Sorry for him or her. Anybody agree? <laughs> we count them all joy. And we learn so much, you know. Just, I just want to quickly also make a side note. I've got a bit of sunstroke, so if I'm, if I'm a bit off, not a full sunstroke, but a bit of the edge, a bit of the tinge. Yeah. A while ago, we, um, we, set out, we set out a goal to become the most generous people in the world. Do you remember? And I've been thinking about this a little bit. And I think that this, is a bit of, this has been a bit overwhelming, this, <laughs> this task. <laughs> we've, we set out to be the most generous in the world. And we've been wonderfully in pursuit of this. But I think we've been slightly overwhelmed by the grandness of, this, of, the, of the sort of desire. And I think we should rephrase it. Not... And I'm hoping to talk around this a little bit today, but the sense I get is that when we think about being the most generous in the world, we just look at it and go like, yeah, we we might become some some generous, like really generous, some of the generous ones, but we won't actually ever arrive at sort of a completion. And I feel like if we could have a phrase that would allow us to be, uh, to have a sense of success and a sense of completion going with it each time, that that might be more helpful for us, instead of just this blanket statement, let's be the most generous people in the world and overwhelmed and never get there. That's how I was feeling when I was just thinking about it. So I came up with a new one. I hope you guys will agree and and relate to it at the end of this little presentation. What about we be the most responsive people in the world? <laughs> That's it, Brent. He's got a problem with anything about in the world. He's happy to do it in his corner, in Edge Meat, on that side. But not, I'll do it for Edge Meat. But I won't do it for the world. Yeah, the earth is ours, eh, Brent? Everything got in it, the fullness thereof. So. Let's, let's just reflect on that a little bit. The most responsive people in Edgemead, CBD, and the world. Um, we're starting a little series here, two parts. James uh, didn't mention that his father 
He's preaching here next week, so bring a friend. Sorry. Patrick Jerry, the, the, the father of, of the wonderful James. And he's going to be here next week, so bring a friend. We don't often have the high honor. We haven't yet actually had the high honor, but he does visit us from time to time. We're really looking forward to that. So I'm going to do today on this, living generously, and then the week after Patrick's here, we'll, pick, we'll finish it. So it's just two weeks on this little series. So we we talking about why would we live generously, living generously. And to me, it's all about response. It's all about responding to some action that's happened to us, some form of something. And so that's why I started with what I said about being generous is wonderful. We can all agree it's so nice to be generous. But to be in response, I feel like it's a different posture. To be in response to something, is, is, it, it, it removes this yoke and this sort of task of the nature of it. So Jesus, um, um, the Father loved us so much that He gave us Jesus. And so there's this, na- there's this, there's this thing that we've been, we've been invited into just right from the beginning when there was a gift that was given to us. Freely we've been given this gift and freely we receive this gift. And, and He just gave His only most valuable thing to us. So everything we ever do is always going to be in, in reference to the kindness of God towards us and giving us Jesus. And so there's this place to answer the question, why would we live generously? Because someone's been generous to us. That's what we're saying. So we don't, we don't just live generously because it's a good thing to do. We live generously because someone's been generous to us. We could live generously because it's a good thing to do. But we'd be robbed of being in relationship with the Father, a loving Father who was first generous to us. So I love the silence in this room. It's so holy. <coughs> I, I, I'm, I'm learning to enjoy it, Dave. Next time you preach, there's a sense of, of just of the weight of God on the silence that if you rise above it and you tell yourself that it's exciting, it overwhelms the fear that you might feel that you're saying something that has no value to the people in front of you. And it actually gives you a sense of there's awe in the room. So that's where I am. That's where I'm positioned. So as well, we also... Um, Read in Romans 2 verse 4. Do the riches of His extraordinary kindness make you take Him for granted and despise Him? Haven't you experienced how kind and understanding He's been to you? Haven't you experienced how kind and understanding He's been to you time and time and time again? Over and over again. We just came here today from all our chaos and whatever we did. And again and again, He's just kind. He just shows up and He just meets us again and again with the exact same affection towards us. Don't mistake his tolerance for exceptions. Do you realize that all the wealth of his extravagant kindness is meant to melt your heart and lead you into a place of repentance, a place of changing your mind, metanoia, turning to a loving God again. It's Acts 2 verse 4, I mean Romans 2 verse 4. So again, we live, we're living in response to the kindness that's been shown towards us. It's a wonderful place. He melts our hearts and leads us into repentance over and over again. Who relates to having their heart melted? We used to always joke about a friend of ours who could melt anyone's mind, especially ladies. He was always able to just get out of anything. And we used to always joke about the phrase, he can melt her mind. And it just, you know, and then you'd always like, how did she manage to accept him doing that? And he's like, he melted her mind. And it's just the same. Does anyone know anyone like that? He can melt your mind. Yeah. <laughs> the Father comes and he melts our hearts and he leads us. It's a wonderful place to be, this kind of responsive place of just cheese on toast to the Father. Anyone relate to that? Leah and I are mad into 
bovril, butter, cheese on toast. Just like a little bit melted. If you if you haven't met Leia yet, my little girl, it's probably you'll probably she'll probably say that within an hour or two of meeting her. I'm hungry, I want bovril butter bread. <laughs> yeah. So we we responding to the kindness that's been put on us. God's been so generous with his forgiveness towards us. Can you agree? Yes. Yeah? He really has been incredibly generous towards us with his forgiveness over and over again. Now, I was just thinking again, going back to my wonderful challenges of statements about the world. Imagine we became the most generous people in the world, uh, with our forgiveness in the world. You know, imagine we were, we were just so forgiving. Just like established to be ridiculously, even in edge meat, Brent, it would be, it would be enough. It would be radically more than we, most of us are doing right now. But just radically generous with the amount that we're willing to forgive. Just constantly op- offering up forgiveness. You know, because God gives us, as you've heard many times, and you hate, and I suppose you hate to hear, God gives us what we need, not what we think we do need, or what we want, often. And that's not actually in the Bible, if you want to go and search that. I don't know where these people get this from. But we've all heard it before. But he does give us the desire of our hearts. And Romans 8 verse 27 says this, God the searcher of the heart knows fully our longings, yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit, because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us, his holy ones, in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. God the searcher of the heart knows fully our longings. I get a sense like we don't even know the extent of the longings that he's aware of over our lives. I'm going to pick up on that a little bit later, but... He, d- he really does desire to give us the desires of our heart, the longings of our heart, and He knows them so well. Um, <clears throat> as we see the innocence and the purity, um, the people God made us to be, everything else fades away. We, we come into His presence and we just experience Him and we're like, wow, God, I really, I've, in this moment, I realize that I'm meant to be someone else. Just, it might not be a big shift. It might not be a massive move from so far. But sometimes it's just a little tweak we need to make. And in that moment, all the other pursuits and the desires we have, they just disappear and it's all about Him. And we're having one of those moments earlier. It's wonderful. Just to be together again and just to say, all my other desires and my pursuits, everything's just melted away. And I've just had a sense of how much I, I need you, I long for you, I love you. Everyone here is agreeing because I think we are actually quite good at this, just responding to God's presence and His kindness as, as a people. We've been doing this for some time and it's a wonderful culture to be around. Um, so I want to just talk a little bit about Rafa, my son. He's, for me, he's a picture of this ongoing healing that's busy happening in my own heart. Um, he's a testimony to me of how God desires me to carry His heart because I get to carry part of the Father's heart towards Rafa. Um, and he's a delight and he teaches me so much and um, most of it's without words because Raph doesn't talk that much and um, I just, it's just about being with him it's just about being in his presence I just, I just encounter God through being in his presence and that fact that he doesn't talk much is a big part of his story of, of the sort of unfolding of Rafa but um, already just without the words I'm already split wide open when I look at him and there's this essence to him in the, in the, in the, in the spiritual in the spiritual realm which I'm just all, I've just be, like, increasingly becoming so aware of but from the beginning I was aware of this essence of Rafa when we named him Rafa it means healer in, in Hebrew and there's just something about the nature of Rafa being put into our lives to be a healer for us of, to catch the heart of God 
And so this essence of Rafa, that we, we all have an essence, and this essence of Rafa that I sort of pick up on, I've, I've, I try to sort of, every night when I pray for him, I try to sort of grab hold of it and say, what, what is this essence, sort of, how can I term it? Um, and initially, the word I had over his life was that he was going to be hilarious and content when he was, when he, before he was born. And I had these two words, and I just prayed them over him. And so over the years, um, Leia's definitely gotten the more of the hilarious side and the laughing. Because Raph hasn't, has, hasn't broken out into, into full speech yet, but he, he, I'm sure it's coming. Um, he does make us laugh in, in his way, which is, is wonderful. But uh, the, the content thing, I just feel so, such a weight on it when I'm with him. Just a sense of like being content in where he is. And so his essence I call, surely I am here. As of today, I call it that. Because when I'm with him, there's just like, you can't not be here. And I think that's with many kids of, or whoever it is, but with Raph in particular, it's just like, you need to be available to this guy. You need to be present to him. You need to be with him. You need to be, surely I am here. And how much more important is it for us to be present to God in the same way? And he gives us what we need, not what we think we need. He gives us what we need, not what we, what we want. So he gave me this wonderful son who just has just been slowly opening, cutting me open, moment by moment, just to be present to him, the nature of God. And I need God so much to raise Rafa and to be a good father to him. Dave sent me a scripture earlier in the week, Colossians 1 verse 17. He's in all and he holds all together. In the, in, the, in the passion it says he existed before anything was made and now everything finds completion in him. There's nothing that, is, that exists that is outside of God. There's nothing that exists that is outside of God. Every moment is sacred. Just say that to someone quickly. Every moment is sacred. I'm not trying to make you weird, but I just feel there's a weight on that. When you start to discover being present to God, every moment is sacred. Every moment is an experience of the gift of life, the gift of living. If you just pinch yourself, you just become aware again. And we sang it so amazingly earlier, just about this, 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 this goodness of God. Just to be alive is a gift. To be blessed with life, with breath in us. To be able to feel that pinch, the, 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 the life, the air in our lungs, the life in our bones. In Luke 19 verse 40, Jesus it says, listen to me, if my followers were silenced, even the stones would break forth with praises. It's like there's this sense of the whole of creation on its haunches waiting to spring forth if we didn't respond to the kindness of God. Pray, you can only pray someone who you worship and you adore and who's, who's done something that you deem to be worthy of praise of honor, of exaltation, of sacrifice to you, of giving yourself to. So it's because of his kindness and his love to us that we've been able to step into the space in creation, being the created ones too, to be able to offer God praise. It's just like the highest honor. We get to have these sacred moments constantly. Just It's like sacred moment upon sacred moment of building a building, of being able to honor, offer God praise, offer him praise because he's good, because he's faithful, because he's kind, because he's loving, even in the midst of things that don't look like that. But that is his very nature. And every, every ounce of creation is held in this awe and tension um, by the life and the kindness of God. So each one of us is a living, moving testimony of the kindness of God. Do you agree? Yeah. I think it's not always possible, not always. Sometimes we have some questions. You know, sometimes I lie in bed at night and I think, why? 
And then it's a long night. And I just spin there and I'm just thinking about galaxies and black wormholes and all kinds of stuff. Can anyone relate to that? Not yet. You must watch Interstellar. That threw me for like six, I don't know, six months. It's a while ago now. I've recovered. Yes. So, we're invited to a loving relationship and to live lives of response to kindness. Every part of our lives becomes a response to his kindness. So as I'm talking about generous living now, this is the framework I just wanted to set up for you, that there is really no living for each one of us if there isn't generosity. There's no living if something hasn't been generous to us, someone, something. So we've got this little series, Living Generously, Generous Lives. There is really no living outside of the kindness, the generosity of God that has made us to be here right now with breath in our lungs, life in our bones. In Him, everything is held. He's in all, redeeming all unto Himself. So, um, Matthew 7 verse 12. In everything you do, be careful to treat others in the same way you'd want them to treat you. For that is the essence of all the teachings of the law and the prophets. In everything you do, be careful to treat others in the same way you'd want them to treat you. How many of you have heard that before? Probably, if you were raised by involved parents, you've heard it. But we also, I think we, um, we comp- we've compartmentalized how we like to hold that, <laughs> that, that sort of instruction from Jesus. Just in everything we do, treat others as you want them to treat you. And our sort of version goes something like, in everything I do, when I'm up for it, I'll treat others as I want them to treat me. Something like that. It's not, not a big, I'm not slamming anyone, but it's just, there's a sense, like we have sort of it, when it works. And Jesus talks about treating others like this. It's just, for me, I just hear this and I think this is, the, this is, these are the highest thoughts. These are the highest truths we could ever hear on earth. People talk about having higher consciousness. To me, it's, it's awakening to these truths. A truth like that. This is, this is the, the ceiling. There is a ceiling. It's not glass. It's a ceiling. It's this, these truths. Treating others as you want to be treated. And most of other religions and faiths are based on things that Jesus has said here. So this moment, this, this way that we do it, um, is, it's a chance, it's a moment when we forego what, could, what seemingly could be good for us and we offer it to another. We, in that moment, we, we move from um, being self-centered to being Christ-centered, to being other-centered. We move from this place of looking inwardly to looking outwardly. And we say, in the midst of my own sort of whatever needs right now, because I'm really thirsty, what would this person need that would serve them, that would express the heart of God towards them? It's a very simple truth, but I think it's a, it's a, there's a place for us to meditate on this stuff to such a point where it actually changes us, changes the way we live. Practically, like I said earlier, I can't t- actually teach anything new, but the Spirit can enlighten stuff in us where we know, and he can, the Spirit will come and He'll shift us and change us, where we know we need to be moved on these things. So, it might be a moment of time, some of our energy or some of our money. And we're talking about living generously, and, I, and those are the three things, those three distinctions that are most commonly made, time, energy, and money, in terms of when you just talk about giving or generously. Um, 
And in the moment of choosing um, to use what I have in my hands to breathe life into someone else's life, into the Christ in them, to call out the Christ in them by, bre- by breathing life onto some, a moment, by treating them with a, an action that actually frees them because they see that I'm being selfless, that I'm Christ-centered. That's what we're doing over and over again as we, as we follow Jesus' instruction. It's a moment where we see who Jesus is in another person and we choose to partner with God in that and act kindly towards Him so that this other person will discover the heart of God in the process. And wonderfully, we also discover the heart of God in the process. As we choose to be Christ-centered and not self-centered, we discover His heart towards us because He was not self-centered. He was us-centered. Jesus had us in mind. You know, we were the goal that was set before him that made him endure the ridiculous amount of suffering that he endured in order for us. So as we are Christ-centered, that's the exact same action we're having. Sort of, I see you and I, and I, and I want you to experience the fullness of, of life in Christ to the same extent that I'm just starting to discover it because I'm being compelled to serve you in this way. And it's wonderful, as we do it, we discover how much God loves us over and over again. We do this, we serve someone, and then he just, we realize, geez, we've been served so amazingly. Wow, God, and we just get in touch with that again and again. You know, it's not that God doesn't have options. Like, he does have options. He could do lots of things. He could, with, with, um, with quite a lot of ease, I think he could quite easily be fine without us. He could sustain all of life and partner with someone else or something else. And um, yet he's chosen us. Um, we're not his only option, but we are his chosen option. You know, we're, not, we're not this this thing that God needed, but he actually chose to walk with us, to partner with us in this way, to give us such a level of freedom. Just say freedom to wake up with me. Freedom. Mm, freedom, freedom. Freedom from slumber, freedom from afternoon sunstroke. This church time is a mess, eh? The whole afternoon peak sun and then you come to church. <laughs> the thing is you can't not do the sun in the morning because it's your Sunday. So you've got to do the sun and then after church it's down. Unless you go to Buckhoven, but then you're not going to get burnt. You can just see it dip there to the ocean. Yeah. We're not God's only option, but we are His chosen option. Just say that to someone next to you. You're God's chosen option. Yeah. He invited us, he's invited us into a relationship with a willingness and a motivation that comes from the heart of love itself. We don't even really know what love yet is, but we sort of we glimpse it by seeing the life of Jesus. And love itself is him. You see, when, when, when Rafa was born, I didn't actually know what the challenges would be with him. I, you know, he was just small and struggling, you know, they called it failure, failure to thrive, that's what they said. And uh, he was just smaller and battled to breastfeed. And over time, as we sort of did, did more testing, we started to discover he's got this chromosomal disorder and what that actually started to mean and what that looks like in the bigger scheme of things over the next few years. Um, but it's been so wonderful, this unfolding gift of God's grace to us over and over again. And at the beginning... We didn't even know what this was going to look like. And at the beginning of most of the actions we were all going to take, we don't really know where they're going to go. Yeah. We don't really know. But we sustained in Christ. And so I know Rafa's life is sustained in Christ. And that's just 
set me completely at ease in terms of how I, how I father him and parent him and whatever I'm going to be to him. Um, we didn't know sort of all the kindnesses that he would need to thrive. But yet we've just sort of had grace every day to give those kindnesses to him. Each moment, each turn, you know, you kind of, you don't know, but over and over again, because we're referencing off a loving father who's kind to us, we get to now emulate how God loves us. And I wouldn't probably be sane if I hadn't had an, a, a sort of a deep, walking, formed love and knowing of the love of the kindness of God in my life to be able to offer that to Raphael over again. I would have probably just been a medicating sort of wreck, you know, like where I was just thinking, let's how can we just fix this with medicine and not just with, with love, you know. Um, so we don't all know at the beginning of these actions we start when we live generously we don't actually know what the kindnesses are going to be but every day we just start to offer them up we offer them up in a selfless Christ-centered way and we offer them up and we offer them up and our lives begin to be formed and we begin to look more and more like Jesus that's what's happening we're talking about being spiritually formed in Christ not um, not simply sort of dunked under the water and made to now follow a set of rules, but actually dunked under the water and reborn, reformed into the image and likeness and life of Christ. And slowly, over the years, we have this process of sanctification and we become more and more like Him. And this, this sort of formation happens in us. And in this process, we obviously, it's all, it's all led and compelled and shifted and moved by the love of God we experience. And so if we're not experiencing that, we won't move forward. If we're not experiencing His kindness and doing whatever it takes to know the kindness of God afresh for today, we won't move forward. We'll be constantly sort of remembering yesterday's kindness. Like um, some of these parables and these stories we've heard of sort of yesterday's bread and these things. But really the mercies of God are new for us every day. And I think there's something so distinct on that because we need a different kind of a mercy for the different kind of a day. And so there's a sense of like we need to, it has to be such a living, moving, alive, encounter-filled relationship with God. Because yesterday's mercy might not fit in our needs for this, for this day. And a lot of us are probably still living off a camp we went on when we were 14. Anyone relate? I'm talking about sort of a strong encounter you've had with God. Let's be vulnerable. Thank you, Jenna. Were you 14 or was a bit older? High schoolish, wonderful. Okay, anyone else want to be vulnerable and say, the last time I've had a radical encounter with God that I still reference back to in terms of His kindness was when I was in high school. This is amazing. No one else, this is amazing. So, varsity? Last week? Has anyone here? No. <laughs> I couldn't keep a straight face. Does anyone know Jesus? <laughs> Two years ago. Two years ago, wonderful. Yeah. Decided to go back, <laughs> and he 
let uh, find a place very quickly to put his mom for 24 hour care. Yo. It's amazing. Mm. Yeah, it's amazing, it's kind. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yes, amen. Can't think, ask or imagine. Hey? That's the last time I felt depressed. Sorry, when? About half an hour ago. Half an hour ago, wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. That's the kind of, that was, that was the, yeah, that was what I was hoping for. But Jenna was, uh, was vulnerable and she answered high school, so I just had to do that thing. It was not in the, in the plan. Psalm 138, uh, 139, <clears throat> verse 17. Every single moment you are thinking of me. Gaz shared this with me recently. How precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. Oh God, your desires towards me are more than the grains of sand on every shore. When I wake each morning, you're still with me. Isn't that cool? Your desires towards me are more than the grains of the sand on every shore. I mean, that's, that's a clear way of saying you will never know <laughs> the scale, the, the amount of the love and the kindness and the desires that God has towards us. You will never. It is, it's not possible to find the bottom of the desire that He has towards us. He had to have that level of desire towards us to be that kind. And as I've been talking about Raph a little bit, I just can't even imagine the kindness of God to say, I will give you Jesus. I'll give you Jesus. This is what you need. It's, 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 it's just too much. But yet he says, I have this many desires towards you. More than the amount of grains of sand on every shore. He's gone before us and met every need that we'll ever have in Christ. We have all our needs met and are offered life at, at one cost. The transaction is very simple. We get, we get given the world and we only have to give up ourselves. If you're Brendan, you get given the Edgemead. You get given the whole of Edgemead and all you have to do is offer up yourself, Bren. We choose to die, we give up ourselves and we come alive to Christ. So that it's not I, but Christ that lives in... Yeah? yeah? Who, who's, who's able to say that with me right now? It's not I, but it's Christ that lives within me. Hey? It's not I. I'm busy doing some exercises here subtly on you guys, but these are formation exercises that we need to be meditating on and going deep into and holding in our mornings for minimum 15 to, to 15 hours, 15 minutes, to just dwell on the fact that we've said to Jesus, I'm yours. And we rest there and we wait there and we don't allow other thoughts to come and interrupt that until we believe again in the fullness that he's worthy and we've given ourselves to him. He's worthy of every pursuit of the day, of everything I might need to conquer or stand over or whatever it might be, but he's, he's worthier than it all. And I've given myself to him and I'm, I'm yours. Thank you, James. Amen. So that when people see us now, they say, surely... She or he is one of them, a true disciple, a follower of the way. One of the ones running on God's trail, as I love to say. I went for a run this morning. That's why I got sunstroke. And I just love reflecting on that. That's why 
It's amazing. You might never know, but when we give these little words of knowledge and these prophecies and you say something, something just popping someone in their head or thought a phrase or this. It just stays with me. Jay said something to me on last weekend. It was a school. And just different things. People just say stuff to you. And just, just remember the weight and the power and the authority that you have to speak the life of God towards someone. Because this guy, this random guy, probably wasn't even a big deal for him. But when he said running God's trail, I just was like, wow, I connect with that so much. That's how I now describe my life of faith. And he didn't know what he was, he was just saying, just a phrase, we just came up with phrase. But I, I'm there, I'm running, I'm reflecting, I'm dwelling with God. I'm just, this is it, this is life with God. It's like a hill, and then another hill, and wonderful view, and then a downhill, then a massive hill, then no water, then lots of water. Just stuck, the life with God, but a wonderful process. Wonderful. Anyone relate to that? So I just reflect so much with the running. But that's, that's, yeah. So, as I said, we get to treat others as we want to be treated. And then in Acts 20, he says, um, verse 35, Paul says, I've left you an example of how you should serve and take care of those who who are weak. For we must always cherish the words of our Lord Jesus who taught, giving brings a far greater blessing than receiving. Who wholeheartedly agrees with Giving gives a far greater blessing. <laughs> eh? Genuine, I'm, I'm interested. Because I, I, it's not, it's not uh, shaming at all, to be honest. Like, or who likes to receive? Like, honestly, you in that place right now, and, and obviously the, there's, a Bible tru- there's a scriptural truth here that can change you later, but where you are right now. Yeah? I've had so many experiences, I just think, where you're sitting there waiting to get something and then you get it and then it's like a matter of hours or a week or two but this the weight of of waiting to give a gift and holding that you hold that story of that time you took that risk and you did that thing and you gave just to such i just i so relate to what paul's saying um i've definitely seen a shift and it is wonderful to risk to get gifts and i've got lots of things if you want to know my christmas list i'll share it with you but there's just such a wonderful nature of Jesus on giving. Just giving. It's like at his core. He was born to give himself to us. Just it's at, it's at our core right now. We're in Christ. We just are the givers. We are the ones who live generously. The most responsive to the core of Jesus. The, 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 the Christ center is generosity. So we can't talk about sort of generosity, hey, everybody come, give your time, give your energy, give your money, without actually being formed in why we would do it. And that's what I'm hoping and trying to do here today. I know it's gone after five, but it's actually the worship team's fault. Um, and uh, I'm only halfway. I'm teasing. Second half in two weeks' time. Yeah. No, I've got another part for that, so I'll have to make it three weeks. So just for today... Um, <clears throat> I've also been going a bit slow. I apologize for that because I'm actually reading today because I didn't want to miss anything. So sometimes I normally just talk and then stop when it's there and then you've got whatever you got thrown at you. But I just wanted to read today more, to be a bit more careful. Um, time. What is time? And energy. Those are the two things I'd just like to touch on quickly. Time for me, in one word, is sacrifice as believers. Time is us being willing to give up something. And energy for us is strength. Energy is giving of our strength. If you go and look in the dictionaries, those are sort of some of the key words, but 
I just really connected with them. The kids are coming now to make it go faster. Come listen, Dan. It's going to be good. The ending. It's nice to have you here, boy. So we all have the ability to sacrifice, but we won't do it unless we know that we've been sacrificed for or towards. And the same thing with our strength. We, we all have a measure of strength. Some of us believe we have a lot. Some of us believe we have a little. But we won't use our strength for Christ unless we believe that he's used his for us. You won't serve a cause you don't believe in. You won't give yourself to something. Hello, boy. Come, come sit here with your dad over there. The children's church in this crowd is very, very blatant. They, there's not even a... No grace. We must go and have a grace, grace sermon there at the back. When you see the adults are still busy, be kind and gracious towards them. And run a little bit longer. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to stop, eh? I think I must just stop. Uh, yeah, I think that'll be the most honouring of, of, of your guys' time and also of, of the, the kids. So let's stand and pray. It's right in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> but it's, it's past the time and I think that'll be the most respectful. So, um, we'll pick it up in two weeks' time. Thank you, Jesus, that you've been forming in us deeply a response to your kindness. And that we've made this response just freely and are just utterly, utterly towards you. We're just towards you, God. And we just take 30 seconds together and, we'll, and then we'll go. We just say, God, we are towards you. And we thank you for your kindness. Father, we say thank you for Jesus. We thank you for your kindness that you gave, that you gave, that you continue to give and pour out yourself on us. Your mercies on you. You know the longings and the desires of our hearts. And you meet those longings and the desires, Father. You meet every single one of them. We offer ourselves up to you again today as living sacrifices. We set ourselves apart towards you right now, Jesus. God, just come and baptize us afresh in your kindness. We know again the depth of your kindness on our lives. Yeah, you've been so good and so kind towards us. Yeah. Amen. Guys, thanks for coming. I just want to uh, give you one last notice <clears throat> that was at the bottom of my notes. After um, we and in. In two weeks' time, we want to take up a special offering that James mentioned it. I just want to tell you why we're doing that. Um, we, 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 we haven't made um, budget this year in the church, and we want to make budget, and it's coming towards the end of the year. And um, I'm going to talk about it again on that Sunday, but I just want you to start being prayerful and aware that we want to be a community that give our lives to God in every sense, time, energy, and money, and I'm really excited and stirred for, for what God will do with us as we just say to him, God, I want to sow something into this, what you're busy building. Um, so it's going to be in two weeks' time, on the 27th. And um, it's very specifically for our house, us, for this church. We've got some things like a camp we had that's unpaid, some accounting fees, some trips and staff expenses that we're just, it's just gotten too much and we, the, the income hasn't been enough. So we're going to do, we want to just do one massive blast and like move ourselves quite far away from being 
sort of trying to hustle to, to being a resource. That's really what we want to do. So just start being prayerful about it and we'll put it in the email as well. And thanks very much for coming. Have a blessed time. Come shopping at Mandy's shop, Mandy and Jay's shop. Um, and if you'd like to get the emails, the list at the back by the coffee there. Thanks for coming.